and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have another amazing guest to introduce to you now. Jennifer Pilates has been transforming her clients' bodies, minds, and spirits worldwide for over 20 years. She is a celebrity trainer and advisor, empowerment coach, mentor, and podcast host. Jennifer is a third-generation Pilates instructor, as she had the honor of training directly under second-generation Pilates instructors and founders of the internationally renowned The Pilates Center of Boulder, Colorado. The Pilates Center programs are based on the classical Pilates fundamentals taught by Joseph Pilates himself. Jennifer is the host of the widely successful podcast, Empowered Within, where she shares her inspirational, empowering, and transformational message. Jennifer's gift of intuition and healing has served everyday people, entrepreneurs, therapists, professional athletes, CEOs, celebrities, and others who seek understanding and who are looking to transform, empower, and live the life of their dreams. Jennifer Plotties, what an honor it is to welcome you to Balanced Body Radio. Hi, Casey. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Wow, I think I need to hire you. That was a lot that you just said about me. I was like, wow, this person is really intriguing. I'm like, oh my God, he's talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, I had to cut that down quite a bit. And we always offer our guests anytime during this interview, if you're feeling a little down on yourself, if you want me to reread that intro, I will do it at any time. Just ask. (laughs) <laughs> oh my God. I think I'm going to start calling you like once a week. Like, Casey, Perfect. I need to pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Jennifer Pilates has been transforming her client's body. <laughs> I love it. You're uh, so amazing. The introductions are great. You are amazing. I've been really getting into your work and I have to say, I'm a little jealous of your name. It's, it's nice to have the name that perfectly aligns with what you're going to do with your life. I think if my parents would have called me like Casey, like future NHL all-star that would have like really kickstarted my, my non-existent hockey career. And and I would have really appreciated that, but they didn't do that. And so now I'm stuck doing this shit, you know? Right. Well, you know, if we're being honest, Casey, there was a little boy who was about eight years old, about two years ago. And he looked at me and he said, Miss Jennifer, is your name by birth or was that branded? And I looked at him in awe. And I said, I'm going to be honest with you. This was branding. This was not by birth. So Casey, I feel like I have to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. (laughs) Well, that that gives me hope then I can go down and and brand my name as an NHL all-star and maybe my career is not over as a 38-year-old. So who knows? (laughs) I don't think it is, you know, and maybe you don't need to be on the ice. Maybe you just need to be in the industry and that could inspire you enough. There we go. Oh, I love that. That's great. I do want to talk to you about your super interesting story um, of how you found Pilates. Mm-hmm. You had to really go through it to find your true calling and passion. So can you tell us a little bit about that story? Yes, I did. I, um, gosh, it was back in 1997. I was living out in Boulder, Colorado. The first half of my life, not a lot of people know, is I specialized in Alzheimer's disease and was working in the retirement industry and assisted living industry. And so I was out in Colorado. I had been transferred from Cape Cod, you know, living this corporate dream. I was going to climb the ladder and so on and so forth. I had all these visions. And at the time, I mean, I was fairly young. I was in my mid twenties. I had no business being the executive director of this huge building and all this, like no one gave me respect. It was just like crazy. And, um, yeah, I was headed home one day and there was six lanes of road. I'll never forget it. Like at the stoplight, in Colorado, of which I was also not used to. And a gentleman came barreling into me from behind. And I remember looking up going, "Uh uh-oh. And I looked from side to side and there was nowhere to go. 
And um, so, yeah, he really, really rammed into me pretty hard. And uh, I definitely, you know, I think years later, you realize that you lost a little bit of consciousness. I remember looking over to my left at my window and I was like, wow, these police officers got here so fast. Well, that was who hit me. He was actually on his way home. And he was still in uniform and uh, definitely took good care of me, like got in my car. I remember, you know, we got the ambulance, you know, went to the doctors and it was quite the experience. I was in and out of doctor's appointments for eight hours a day and you name the specialist and I saw them. Now, the upside to all of, of all of this was that I was in Boulder, Colorado. So the mecca of alternative healthcare, something I had not been privileged to before. I just didn't know about all of this. So I was having acupuncture, massage, cranial sacred, uh, sacral work, um, you name it. There was all of that. You know, I had my therapist, I was having um, neurological help. I mean, it was just, it was very intense. So I obviously was not working for a few months. And it was through that, that one day, you know, the chiropractor looked at me and he said, you know, I think you should do this thing. And it's called Pilates. I think it'll really help you. And I was in so much pain. I said, you know, I'll do anything. And I started with an incredible instructor who specialized in rehabilitative care through Pilates. And she was amazing. And through her, I met instructors from the Pilates uh, Center in Boulder, which in the Pilates world is considered the Harvard of Pilates schools. And I was, again, naive, blessed, guided, had no idea what was, you know, what was God was lining up for me. And so back in that day, when you were in a car accident, you know, you got your attorney and every once in a while you get a little bit of money. And ironically enough, the small amount of money that I had took care of my car and was the exact amount of money one would need if they wanted to go to the Pilates school. Wow. And at the time, I know, right? Wow. And at the time, I that was not on my radar. You know, I'm trying to get back to work. I'm trying to figure things out. And, you know, someone didn't show up one day or was late or something. And I remember the instructor, her name was Jenny. And she looks at me and she's like, well, you've been here every day for like two years. I think you could handle this. And I was like, I don't know about that. Um, But so that's really how it happened. And I jumped in, I just went for it. And that's how my Pilates career started. That is how my mind, body connection, spirit, my awakening. It is my transition out of the corporate world. Um, You know, it was just literally changed my life. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. It is. It is so incredible. And I'm so grateful. You know, my mission, you know, when I left the school, because they helped me in such amazing ways. You know, I had soft tissue damage from the base of my skull all the way down my spine. And so I feel for anyone that has had soft tissue damage, you know, they say that broken bones is better because it, it, it heals right away. Whereas soft tissue damage, you know, for life, you can always have some triggers and things that come up. You know, luckily for me, I'm blessed. It's nothing major, um, but I'm aware of things. And uh, yeah, when I left there, my mission was if I could just help one person not be in pain because I just wanted to give back. So I came out right away with the mindset of, I want to serve. And, uh, and I did, I started doing that. And then of course, you know, magically my niche became rehabilitative care and Pilates. I didn't even strive for that. That's just who was automatically attracted to me. So it was that element. And then a senior element also, because of course that's been, seniors have been a huge part of my life and I'm a huge advocate, um, in helping families and helping seniors through that, those phases of life. So it's, it's, an incredible blessing, an wow. incredible blessing. 
That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think you've accomplished your goal of helping one person, or maybe yes. a few people. Yes, <laughs> I have helped a few people. Yeah, around, one or two around the world. I mean, <laughs> way more than I could have ever imagined. Incredible. Which, you wow. know, I'm very grateful for. And so many different capacities too. I, I kind of looking in your story, knowing you know where you were in the world, all over the place, and you know owning different studios and teaching people remotely and all kinds of stuff in between. It, it's funny you you mentioned how you got into it. It it had reminded me. I kind of forgot about this, but my wife Bethany is now comprehensive certified. I want to say and peak Pilates. But um, mm-hmm. when she was doing her level one, it was like somebody brought it up in a meeting. She'd almost never even heard of Pilates. And she was like, yeah, I want to do that. And it wasn't even like a question. It seems like something that like calls you versus you going out mm-hmm. and seeking it. I have found that. And with most instructors that I have even trained later, I had a certification program. It's that's usually how it is. You are called to it. You are hurt and injured and brought to it. It's, it's this magnetism that just happens. Wow. So before we get into some like things that surprised you when you started doing Pilates, it might be fair to jump in here and talk a little bit about the history, you know, of Joseph Pilates and how he came up with the methods and how that's kind of changed and evolved over time. Mm-hmm. So Joe was an amazing man. Uh, Joe believed that every you should do everything in moderation. So that man, he smoked cigarettes. He was drinking his whiskey. He was flirting with his instructors and everything. I mean, <laughs> he just lived life. So if you can imagine, everyone, we'll go back to the 1800s. <laughs> and that's really where it all began. So Joe was interned in a camp during the influenza outbreak. And he had already now been working with the method, which at the time he then later branded called Contrology, which then became the Pilates method being named after him. Um, And it was, you know, he was a very sickly child. He grew up with rickets, rheumatic fever, really struggled. And so he was on a mission to find a way to feel better. He became so healthy, so strong, he was actually one of the original models for anatomy charts. Now, wow. for those of you out there, I know you might only see those when you go into the doctor's office, but for some of us other people, we used to see them quite a bit, right? That's how you learned. It was in like an encyclopedia, which don't exist anymore, all that fun stuff. So he was so far ahead of his time. And he always stated that in the books that he read, he stated he was 50 years ahead of his time. So now coming back to when he was interned during the influenza outbreak, Here he was in, if you can imagine, like a hospital setting. They had the spring beds with the little mattresses. And that's how he began designing what we know as today as the Pilates equipment. And during that time when he was there, you know, they couldn't understand why all of these people were perishing during this time. Yet within his camp, they really weren't. Mm. And it was because they were following his rehabilitative program, which was the Contrology at that point which is now what we know as the Pilates method. Wow. So quite an, a, yeah, quite an amazing man. And as the story goes on, as his journey goes on, you know, he was asked to join the military, the, the police aspect of the military, and he wanted nothing to do with that. So him and his wife, Clara, who was a nurse that he met on the ship heading to America. And so he cured her during the ship, which clearly, you know, the ride was long, of her arthritis. They landed in New York City. No coincidence, they end up in a building that is filled with dancers. So predominantly for years and years and years, it was only the dancing community that knew about Pilates. And it wasn't because it was for dancers. It just happens to be that's where he started. And so that's where the story went. And uh, he unfortunately, you know, perished uh, in his studio. It had caught fire many, many years later after certifying numerous 
teachers and, and healing numerous dancers and celebrities of that that nature in, in that day and age. And uh, he went back in to save the equipment and wow. he fell through the floor. And as the story goes, he was holding on and he had inhaled so much smoke. And so now going back to when he was a child and he had asthma, you know, all that comes back up. So unfortunately, that's really what did him in. But if you see the pictures of him at 80 years old versus 60 years old, he looks phenomenal. Wow. And, you know, his his belief was, you know, we are supposed to be living healthy into our hundreds and so on and so forth. It's civilization. And one of his quotes is, is that civilization really is what is doing physical fitness in, wow. you know, is really doing in the human body. And we know that sitting at desks, looking at computers, and he really details a lot of this. He has two small books that are, you know, really great to read. And you read and you go, wow, you know, he truly was so, so far ahead of his time. That's amazing. Wow. And here, the rest of us like went through 2020 pandemic and thought we were all like super creative by finding ways to work out differently virtually or outside. Like talk about the OG, like reinventing everything in a pandemic. That's amazing. What an amazing story. Um, I didn't realize that's how he had passed away. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. That's so yeah. interesting. So this is kind of the point where um, lineages kind of become really important, right? Because there were mm-hmm. certain people that he was training that got the pure training from Joseph Pilates. Obviously, over the years, like a lot of, you know, I don't know, fake or phony or just different, you know, mm-hmm. ideas of, of Pilates have come about. But what talk about the importance of the lineages of the people that actually trained with him. I know it's so important. And it's like, it's like anything that's out there, you know? So we had Joseph, we had his wife, Clara, and those that were around back in that time will actually say they felt that she was the better teacher, which is really interesting. So he trained his wife, Clara, who was a nurse. They trained Romana. So I'll just give like the bigger part of the story. They trained a woman by the name of Romana. She trained my teachers. And my teachers, my teachers trained me. Wow. So you, I, I mean, I couldn't get any closer unless I was born in another time. I mean, it's amazing. And so right now, you know, you have all of these people that are popping up studios and, you know, that watered down a little bit and not even just now. I mean, it's been happening for like 10 years now. Um, but the upside to that, because there's always a blessing in something is that People who are really wanting to have that true mind-body connection and the essence of Pilates generally begin to recognize when they're getting Kool-Aid versus when they're getting the champagne. Mm. And they generally seek out that champagne. Interesting. And then their results are amazing. You know, how they feel is amazing. It can be, it's just very different. Yeah. And I struggle, I struggle. Like, you know, when you are a teacher, it is nice just to be taught somewhere else. And I, I personally struggle in the area that I'm at because there isn't, um, there isn't a lot of champagne in the area, Casey, and I'm a little thirsty mm. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I love that. so it's hard and you get spoiled. And that's not to say, you know, I mean, for me, when I went through that, the center, you know, our schooling and our time is very similar to PT schooling in time. We just don't graduate with that certificate, being a physical therapist versus someone who has gone to school for 200 or 400 hours. And that's across the board. That's yoga. That's physical, you know, that anything like that, there's going to be that, that difference. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, so, but I also understand, you know, people want to at least say they can do it. And if that works for them, then, you know, I understand that too. And I want everyone to experience in some form or capacity. Yeah. That's very interesting and very well explained. I agree with you. I think there could be room for both. If it makes it more accessible in certain ways for people mm-hmm. that, that that's fine. You know, I, I understand that and I appreciate that, but I also appreciate so much that there is still the true teaching in a sense. Um, and we kind of call it like there's the classical method and there's more like contemporary methods for you personally. Have mm-hmm. you evolved in that way where you were taught very classically? Has that changed at all for you, the way that you teach? Yeah. Well, yes, I was trained very classically, um, you know, the Joe, the Joe way we say. And uh, I would say over time, the part that has changed, and I believe Joe would evolve, right? He would always evolve. And when an, a student comes in to see you based on what is going on within that body, you will evolve that method so that that student can be successful with it. Mm. And so, however, we are taught classically, you you always have the essence of the classicalness there, yet you're always going to sprinkle in, I say, like your own little pizzazz to it. And I, you know, I would say over the years I have done that, but at the essence of everything, it's still the classical movement. But if you're, you know, if you have bad knees or bad hips, I will make adjustments for that. And that was part of his essence as well, is knowing the body that's in front of you and being able to work with what is there to help bring it to that full classical movement. Yeah, gotcha. That's really well explained. It can be individualized, but still in the way that it was properly taught, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so as we alluded to earlier, what things surprised you when you first started doing Pilates? I mean, obviously, when people think of it, they think about flexibility, maybe mobility, maybe they're getting a little bit of strength work in. It seems like kind of a lower intensity. Can you describe some of the Mm -hmm. things that you were experiencing when you were first getting started with it? Sure. Well, I can remember for me, and now I remember, you know, I'm just as, you know, a week maybe off of being in a traumatic car accident, very emotional concussion, you know, the whole nine yards. So my experience walking in was the essence of the mind body. I literally remember the first day I laid down on the reformer and I started to do, you know, the footwork that she asked me to do. And she's asking me to breathe and to go deeper into my body. And I, the tears from my eyes were just, I mean, even to this day, it brings tears to my eyes. were just coming down and I couldn't stop it. And I didn't know what was happening. She was bringing me into a place that I had been trying to protect and not feel the emotions of what had just happened to me. So for me, it was quite this emo, you know, this emotion opening up and the release, which was so amazing and continued through a lot of my work. So that that first and foremost was just mind-blowing for me to get into the body. And so I really jumped into that aspect or was forced into that aspect rather quickly. And for a lot of people, that takes a lot of time to, to get there. You know, some people just don't want to feel and they're very surface. And so you really have to be gentle with that client and really encourage them to go deeper in the moments when they're ready to do that. And then I would say from there, yes, I mean, the amazing workout that you give, oh my gosh, can we talk about this? The strengthening, the lengthening, the toning. Okay, so I would also like to say this. There is this guarantee, and Joseph has written this out, that in 10 sessions, you will feel a difference in your body. That in 20 sessions, you will begin to see that difference, physically see it. And in 30 sessions, you will have your new Pilates body. Hands down, that is 100% true. You have seen that work with all of your people? 100% every time. And I will say this, 
I actually have trimmed off a few. So usually for me, it's within five sessions, clients are seeing a difference in their body. Hands down. For me, when I started, I was five, one and a half. I gained a whole half an inch from doing Pilates steadily. That's amazing. So I'm, I've been officially, and I've kept it five, two now. I know not much to some people, but to me, that was a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is a big deal. It's not going to improve your MBA, you know, career chances, but Hey, that's, <laughs> that's something. And, and you know what? Like, frankly, if you were to tell me that, and I didn't know anything about Pilates, I, I might brush that off and be like, yeah, like, you know, for mm-hmm. real, but, but having experienced that and having talked to so many people who work with, you know, Bethany who do this, I, I would totally believe that. That's really interesting. There's that lengthening aspect, right? When you think about the spine and you think everyone is crunched down and hunched over, well, we're just opening everything up and allowing the body to be in proper alignment. Mm. And the other thing that's really interesting about Pilates that people, they don't always understand when they first walk in is say you come in, Casey, and you're like, oh my God, Jennifer, my right knee is really killing me. And I'm like, okay, well, I would look at your gait, kind of watch a few things. And then I would say, okay, I would get you on the reformer. We'll get going. And you would probably be like, well, aren't you going to look at my knee anymore? And I'd be like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to focus from your core, from the center of your body outward. Because when we do that and we go deep, we're going to realign everything else that is out of alignment based on that knee being in pain and that knee having an issue, or it could be your shoulder or something else. If that right knee is out, then that left hip is definitely going to have something going on. So that's, how meticulous our school is in the teaching. That's Mm. how deep we go within the anatomy to say, okay, I'm aware that that's going on. That really tells me what's going on in the other aspects of your body. So we want to really work on that whole body. Wow. This is why it has been so valuable to have all the anatomy trains posters down in the Pilates Mm -hmm. studio, because you can point out and say like, yeah, your shoulder's hurting, but that's not where the pain is. That's just where it's manifesting. It's connected to the Mm -hmm. opposite side, lower body. And we need to work on your hamstring or quad or something completely different. And people are blown Mm -hmm. away that you're not, you're not going to the source of pain yet. You're getting fixed by addressing other issues and completely seemingly different parts of the body, but that's not how we're made. Right. And nine times out of 10, someone will come in for one issue or one ailment, and I'll find a whole handful of others on top of the emotional stuff that's in there, which will, which I'll get out. You know, that's going to be released. And it's just like everything, it's like dominoes falling into a beautiful synchronicity event when it really starts to happen. And when someone keeps that work up, you know, there's no telling what you can and can't do at that point because you're so taking care of your body. Yeah, that's so important. I was just going to say the funny thing, the only other poster we have downstairs is an emotion wheel where people can identify mm-hmm. some of the emotions that they're feeling where they might not be able to vocalize it, but they can read it in a certain context. Then it helps them kind of express that because you can't separate the two. That's so important. I'm really so right. glad that you went there with that. Oh, mm-hmm. so important. Oh my gosh. You'll have to send me a picture. I would love to see that. That's great that you have that in the studio. Yeah. It's, it's been a really magical area that we got to build up, uh, during the pandemic and create our own space, which has been really cool. So yeah, I'll definitely send you a picture. It sounds like you've been able to do the same with all your virtual work, which I definitely want to talk about. Um, before we do though, can you talk about some of the different apparatus that are used and how they're used for different people and where you might be thinking about one versus the other, depending on the person? Mm -hmm. Sure. So there's lots of pieces of Pilates equipment and that's where people get tripped up sometimes too, because they'll be so excited that their gym suddenly has Pilates classes and they're on a mat and they walk out and their neck hurts and this hurts and that hurts. And when, again, when this method was developed, 
his intention, and there's hundreds and hundreds of exercises, by the way, of which half the population doesn't even see unless you're, you know, with a private trainer, is that his idea was I'm going to start you with one exercise on one piece of equipment. There's five in total. And until you can master that on each piece, then you get to go to the mat and Mm. then you get to move on to the next exercise. Mm. And I mean, clearly that's not how people teach at all. And that's totally fine. Like I've never taught that way and I wasn't taught to teach that way. Um, So you have the mat, which that's you and that's all you. So if someone has an ailment of any sort, I would say that's not necessarily the best place to start unless you have someone really overseeing you and able to make the adjustments for your specific body. Mm. So that's first and foremost, because nine times out of 10, then you've got neck issues and low back issues. And that's just how it runs. Um, when someone jumps into this and they don't have that core capacity, that connection just yet. And the reasoning behind the equipment is that for instance, when you are on the reformer, you have shoulder blocks. You have a place to put your feet. You have sometimes if you're using the straps, a place to put your hand. The moment your shoulders connect with that block and your back is laying down on something and your feet are on something, you've got an automatic mind-body connection. So your mind can sort of click on a little bit quicker. Whereas when you don't have that there and you have to find it on your own, that can be very difficult if you're not used to Uh, the work, so to speak. So that's really um, when the equipment comes in, it's to support you. It's like the the peel on the banana, right? The banana is all protected in the peel. So when you're getting on that Pilates reformer, you're very well protected by that reformer. And then you have the Pilates chair. You have a high chair and a low chair, depending on different work you're going to do. And more of that, depending on the client, of course, you could be sitting, you could be standing, Um, and the same exercises can be performed on that. And then there's the beautiful Cadillac. And even now, you know, and I know, um, where your wife is trained with peak now peak was the original, um, Pilates equipment company that my school used to work with. Mm. So they peak in the very beginning with the original owners. I'll, I'll say it that way. They were amazing and they made the equipment almost identical to what Joe made. And that's what I originally trained on. And then over the years, you know, as there is with any business and there's always some kerflunkles that happen and things happen and new people buy out businesses and so on and so forth. So it changes a bit, but that's really, I mean, I remember going and watching peak make equipment. Wow. I mean, yeah, a big deal. So there's all these different pieces. And now fast forward, you have what I would call portable studio home equipment that you can find. Because the average bear is not going to spend five to $6,000 on a reformer. Right. And I'm not going to suggest that anyone do that. There are, if you have a home and you have small spaces, there's plenty of other companies that make decent equipment to have at your home. That is going to work. You will be able to do the same thing and it's going to work for you. Wow. No, that's great. Um, we have we have the mat, obviously, reformer, tower, and unfortunately, we've got a chair on the way. And I'm just remembering, mm-hmm. like, the last time I used a chair was the hardest mm-hmm. quad workout I've mm-hmm. ever done in my life. And I'm just, like, dreading this thing. I hope my wife doesn't put me through those workouts because they were so hard. <laughs> oh, I love the chair. I love a tower. I forgot to mention the tower because I think of, like, the connection with the Cadillac with it. Right. The tower is phenomenal. And there's a lot of portable aspects to acquire a tower. 
Mm. And so that's, that's always an option too, when you're looking at the various different companies that do make Pilates equipment now. Interesting. So maybe this is a good time to ask this question. Like if somebody wants to start with Pilates and do this at home, what are a few of the simple things they should think about investing in? First and foremost, get yourself a yoga mat, a Pilates mat, maybe invest in a yoga block or a yoga dowel, I think they call it. So, and because I'm thinking of props that you could support yourself along the way, if that's the least that you can do some free weights, three pound weights, some of those, um, stretchy bands. What do we call those Casey? Um, TheraBand? Besides stretchy. TheraBand. There we go. Thank yeah. you. The TheraBands. Those are always good to have, you know, all that little stuff. Now, if you're even, if we're going one step below that, I would say have some bottled water on hand, you know, use the bottled water. There's lots of different ways. You don't have to go and spend all the money on the sliders. You could use towels on the floor. Plenty of different things because I don't ever want financial obligations to keep someone from not being able to have this and not be able to experience it. So there's always a way. So you can always email me. I'll come up with something for you. Wow, that's amazing. Um, Yeah, but other than that, I would say, you know, do you have to have a a portable reformer at home? Um, Clearly, after the last two years, you can see you don't have to. (laughs) You know, if you can afford to do that, then amen, you go for it. Um, that's phenomenal. I, I love a reformer. I, lo- I love it all. Um, the tower, if you could only have one thing and you were going to ev- invest and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ballpark it, say you've got maybe $1,300 laying around because we all do, right? I would get a wall unit with the tower. Hmm. Now, Interesting. You don't, you don't even have to spend that much you can go and you can find a different aspect of the wall unit and it's a little less than $1,000. I would hands down have that because you have the spring work, you have the arm work, you have the leg work, you have the mat there. So you technically have two machines in one. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. a really so good that's, point. I would really put my money in that. Interesting. If, I, if that's the only thing I could do. No, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Like during the pandemic, we all had to get very creative. I've trained people on the banister of their stairs. So we, mm-hmm. we can figure out something for sure. Oh, the kitchen. I yeah. mean, <laughs> off the counters, like bathroom counters. It, it's, you know, everything you can do it all. It's just how creative your instructor is. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. If this was a few years ago, I would have said there's absolutely no way, but having gone through it, right. yeah, absolutely. We can be creative for sure. We can be so creative. Uh, well, I love that. So before, um, before the pandemic, were you already transitioning a lot of your business over to virtual? I had, yes. I actually, and here's a funny story. Another or something that not many people know about, let's see, I've been here for two, nine, 10, 11. So about 11, 12 years ago, I was transitioning from the East Coast to the West Coast, and I didn't want to leave my clients behind. So I started with Skype. I know this is what I'm dating myself again. (laughs) Skype virtual Pilates workouts. No one had done them. No one had heard of them. I was written up in the Wall Street Journal about it. I had a handful of clients that were doing it. It was, and I have no shame in saying this, completely unsuccessful, people, completely. (laughs) I am notoriously about five to seven years ahead of the industry. Well, I was very ahead of the industry. Nobody, like a handful of people did it for, I don't know, like six or seven months. And then they just weren't doing it. They didn't want to do it. And I said, okay. And I said, well, I tried it. Been there, done that. And then I had boutique studios in my home while I was out West. 
And then I was guided one day and just said, okay, all of a sudden you need to be virtual. And this was about five years ago. And I thought, huh, well, I love that idea because I love to move. I love to travel. And so I started uh, working with another company at the time and I was making videos and doing all this, but it still wasn't live training. So it took off a little bit, but not super fabulous. And, you know, then the pandemic happened and then, you know, I went from being out in Arizona to down here in Florida and finally, you know, it has caught on. And so I was laughing. So in the middle of the pandemic, when everybody was doing virtual and everybody's giving out free classes and doing this and doing that, I wasn't doing any of that. Wow. I had my private, I, because I already had my private clients. You know, it was like everybody forgot business 101, which could be a whole nother podcast. Um, and that is something that I help a lot of wellness studios and, and Pilates instructors with is, you know, it wasn't, it, people were being very reactory instead of taking a step back and going, okay, how can I really pivot this? And a few people did it right. And they really, they really did well with that. Um, but it really has opened up that op- the opportunity for people to embrace the virtual world. So now it's like, oh my gosh, like my clients are like, we've been doing this. And I'm like, I know, just keep doing it. <laughs> I you know, but now I have people, I know now I have people coming out of the woodwork and I have a little bit of a wait list now. Cause I've, I just, I exclusively have been doing uh, privates. And so it's, yeah, it's it's all in, yeah, it's all in what you want and it's all in your clientele. And what does your clientele want, want from you? And, and if it's classes and it's videos, then you do that and you do it good. Don't follow Betty Lou down the road. I want you to own it. And I want you to really put your heart and soul into it and go for it. I totally love that. That's amazing. Thanks a lot for not telling the rest of us about the pandemic. You knew it three years before it happened. You could have, could have shared the message. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, that's, that's amazing. Like I, I really love and appreciate talking to people who took a really terrible, you know, situation and turned it into something different, adjusted with the times and wasn't just set in their ways and, and, you know, so much craving, wanting to go back. Like there's no going back. It's, this is a new reality. We want to do something now for the future. That's different because the world is changing and people are wanting different things. And so I so much appreciate, you know, all the people out there that actually took that as an opportunity and, and imagined a new future rather than, you know, craving going back to the way things were, because obviously that was not sustainable in any particular way. Right. I agree with you hundred percent. No, I mean, there is no going back. Like, I don't, I mean, does anyone even remember what life was like before? I mean, and it literally, here's what, I mean, dare I say, I find this very amusing. Um, but I'm also watching with a different bird's eye view than the average bear is literally people don't realize life is changing by the hour now. It's not by the day anymore. It's not by the week. It's literally by the hour. And we're just tipping the iceberg here with all of this. So there is so much more. And when I say this, I can feel like someone like cringing. It's like, no, this is exciting. This is an opportunity to dream bigger than you've ever dreamed and to finally be free, to flap your wings, spread your wings, and just go for it because everybody's doing the same thing. Yeah. Oh, I so much love that. There's so many rules that everybody thought we had to follow, you know, pre-pandemic that just kind of got shattered and, and there's not as many rules or restrictions on people as, as people think. And, and again, it just takes that creative, you know, 
desire and and the willingness to go through a, a purification process, in my opinion, of, of making mistakes, but trying to you know create your new vision, not in a way that's competitive with anybody else, but in a way that you want your life to be. I think that's so critical. I'm so glad you went there with that as well. Um, can you tell us some of the advantages and disadvantages of, of working with somebody in person versus working with somebody virtually? Because I think a lot of people would kind of think like, yeah, virtual, you're going to lose something that you don't get when you're working in person. But I, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I agree with you. I don't feel that that's the case. And I had a client most recently who honestly was begging to get on my schedule. And I just was like, I don't have time. He's like, I'll do anything. And I said, okay, but it's going to cost you. Like, (laughs) I don't have time. So we made it work and he has been amazed. And one of the compliments that he gave me, which was a little funky of a compliment. And he said, you know, he travels all the time. And he said, oh, I'm going to be going back to this mountain town and he said, I'm, I'm going to be in the studio. He goes, but yeah, she does things differently than you. Yeah. He goes, but that's okay, I guess. And I'm standing here and I went, wow, he gets it. And now this person is, you know, uh, very high end with golf and we're doing all this rehabilitative work and we're perfecting, you know, his golf swing and, and opening up his body so that he's better and so on and so forth. And it was really amazing. Like he didn't realize what that meant in that moment when he said that to me. And I thought, wow. Because sometimes you do, your ego, you get caught in your head because I'm like, dang, you know, here I am trying to find a studio that I would enjoy going for someone else to work me out in and I can't find it. And hi, I know better. Like, (laughs) just do it at home, right? But so we all get caught in, we all get caught in that. So I would say, let's start with advantages. You're at home or you're in your she shed or you're out back and you're outside in the sun. You know, you have that ability. If you have children or you work from home right now, you've got the ability to make the time, whether it is live with a trainer or it is a 10 minute video. 10 minutes is better than nothing. Joseph Pilates believed you could do 20 minutes of Pilates every day. You would be fine. So 10 minutes, 20 minutes, break up at 10 in the morning and 10 in the afternoon. That's phenomenal for you. Cost-effective it could cost you a lot less money when you're doing that technically than going into a studio, perhaps. It may. Not necessarily, but sometimes it could if you're going on demand you know, or something like that. You're definitely going to save time. You're going to save money. So now you have more time for yourself. You have just filled your cup up and now you are amazing with your children and your husband or your wife and your significant other and life feels better. So mentally, physically, emotionally, I think there, there's huge advantages to that. Those same advantages are if you were to go into a studio, you're getting away from your family, you're taking time for yourself, you know, you're taking time to just be. So either way, you've got these advantages. It's just what works for you in this day and time. And maybe you have the ability to do both. That's great. Um, They're really, I'm trying to think of a disadvantage, Casey, and I can't (laughs) really come up with one because I feel when you're in the virtual world, Like me as an instructor, I don't know how you feel. I am much more available with my schedule this way than I ever was when I had a studio. 100%. And my clients that like would be listening to this, they'll know back in the day, they paid double if they wanted me before 9 a.m. Wow. That was just how it worked. Just how it worked. Yeah. Because I knew I wasn't, I wasn't my best before nine, but if you really want me, I'll show up for you. But I will, and it's hysterical, you know, over the time or after a certain hour, in the afternoon, I knew I wasn't, that wasn't my peak time. 
it's hard to come up with a disadvantage. I mean, even maybe for someone who enjoys the class environment. However, I know that the way some classes stream right now, you can feel like you're in the class. Yeah. I know that people are not missing a beat when I'm training them virtually because I'm right there, I'm on them. If anything, they probably get more of me, you know, and we have a little bit more flexibility with the time and, you know, there becomes some life coaching going on here and and all of that. So there's so many advantages to the virtual world. Yeah. Wow. I absolutely love that. Again, no turning back. Like it's just, we just got to keep rolling with it. Yep. That's right. I love that. I think most of my work is kind of a 50, 50 split where I'm doing some virtual and some in person. But one thing Mm -hmm. that's, that's the same between the two of them is we're working out either, you know, in, in my second bedroom, looking at somebody from the East coast through the screen, which works amazing, which I really love, Mm -hmm. or I'm working in somebody's really intimate space. It could be their basement gym or their living room or, you know, outside in a park or in a tree. And I just, I can't believe that I worked so long in a big corporate gym that had thousands of people coming in and out. I had no idea how much all of that energy was affecting me all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I used to think I was an extrovert and loved to go out and watch football games and like, you know, go to concerts and, and big crowds. And I just learned like, wow, to, to really be more introverted, face inwards, get really intimate with your clients and get to know them and their lives and their stories is so much more enriching. I'm sure you found the same thing. Absolutely. And that goes back to what I said, you know, set, and that's how my coaching, you know, kind of was born because I always was doing this healing work with clients. There's the Pilates and the Pilates is healing. And then there's the healing energy. And then there, there's the aspect where after, you know, a session, someone goes, do you have a minute? I'd really like to run something by you or Hey, before a session today, can, can we talk a little bit? And it just becomes this even more safe environment virtually then sometimes when someone comes into the studio, because it is a studio, right? They don't, they'll talk for sure and, and vent, but it's, it has not been the same. I found so many more people being vulnerable and just really opening up. Wow. Yeah. You know, and I, again, I'm just honored. I'm so grateful for the time that I have or knowing. And, and I wonder Casey, if you've had this too, there have been times where I forget how easy it is to be virtual. And I was traveling a few weeks ago and I was like, oh yeah, like I can't work. I can't do anything. And it wasn't that I can't, it was that I chose not to, but I thought there were a couple of times where I had down moments and I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally could have been training someone right now. Mm. That could have happened. Or, you know, which would have been a cool setting, like what you're saying, because I like to share so much. Um, But like you, I thought I was like this huge, you know, well, sort of extrovert. I was an extrovert that loved to be home, but now what I know the truth is, is I'm, I'm definitely, I've always been an introvert. It's just that when you are teaching a class or when your client comes in, you turn it on. It's like a stage Mm. and you're not being fake, but that's just, you're giving all of your energy to this individual because you're showing up that much. And I find that the, within the virtual world, while I'm still doing that and I have that ability it's easier for me to cleanse and ground after the fact. Yeah. 
that's so interesting. I love the point that you made about classes. And that's certainly something I've noticed with Bethany's work is like, we retained a lot of the people that she was teaching in classes, but we don't have five reformers anymore where she was training five people at a time. You don't get to develop those deep relationships. And she got to know some people and would ask questions, but she's teaching, you know, five people at a certain cadence. You have to talk a certain way. Like there's, there's a proper way to do it. And, you know, since she's been working with people one-on-one, you work at their level with them, with the right exercises for them and for their body and really get to know them. That's a totally different experience. Totally different. Completely different. And for me personally, I find that the results, that's when you're getting the results. And that's when you're really being able to move forward. When you're working with someone privately one-on-one, you are more apt to see those results so much quicker. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Do have to talk to you a little bit about your podcast, Empowered Within. Um, What made you decide to start a podcast and what message were you trying to share? Oh, such a beautiful story with the podcast. So this was, this was all God, like hands down. This was God. I had never listened to a podcast. I'd never, never even thought of it It was not on my radar. And so this happened. Let's see. It was what month are we in? Isn't it? Does everyone else forget what month it is and what day in the year? (laughs) Still, like I, I struggle. Like, okay, it's March. We're in 2022. So last year was 2021. So technically it started in July of 2020. Um, so when everything was going down and, um, my granddad was not well, and I was here in Southwest Florida helping to caretake and things were really, really dicey and really rocky and, and just beside myself. And I had this opportunity to do an incredible training with Tony Robbins. I was blessed. And I had just said to my mom, like, this is something I really need to do. So I'm going to step away for these five days or no, excuse me. It was like three days or something like that. And she was like, you do you, you're like, you've been giving everything, do you? And out of that was born this incredible idea for a podcast. And the mission was to be able to inspire, to motivate, and to bring love and light everywhere around the world to every country that had the ability to listen to a podcast. And in that moment, I bought a professional microphone. I put it on my desk. I made the trailer and then I was given notice by God and said, okay, you've seen the light. Now you got to go back, put this on hold. And so it didn't develop until that January after my granddad had passed and I had some time. And then it was like, there was this little knock at the door that said, okay, it's time. And I had met someone and he said, so how long has it been since you haven't done your podcast? And I was like, oh, okay, there's a challenge. So I got things going and started it and rolled with it. And then it was born that May. Yes, it'll be a year this May. So it was born that May. And I thought, Casey, you'll get a kick out of this. I thought I was giving a birthday present to myself. My birthday is May 7th. So it was May 11th. It was a new moon. And I thought, well, okay, I'm going to put out this. I think it was like the first episode or something quietly. It was something that I was only doing thinking that I would do this on this day. And then on the 13th, which was two days later or a few days later, then I would like publicize it and everyone would get to know about it. You can laugh, Casey. (laughs) So I thought I was doing this just for myself, everyone. Well, it went out to the entire world. (laughs) But so she was born for me on the 11th. She'll be a year on the 13th. And I was so just amazed and in awe of the response that we received and how fast she grew in the first few months. I was so blessed 
to see how many countries we were in and how far we shot up. Like I, I'm unlike most podcasters, I wasn't really watching downloads. I wanted to see what countries we were in, right? That was my goal being in different countries. And it still is my goal, my mission, because I want to reach. I want to have that, that, that huge reach. And, you know, I had a friend who had been a guest on the podcast. And one day I saw he put up numbers or something online on social media. Like he was like, oh, I'm so excited. We're in such and such a percentage. And I said, well, how do you even know that? And so about five minutes later, he called me and he said, girl, do you even know that you're in the top 10% out of like 2.7 million podcasts around the world? And I said, no. And how did you even get that information? (laughs) So it was like crazy. So we had been doing so good for so long. And I didn't even know till six months after the fact that within the first three months we had exploded and I had no idea. That's amazing. Yeah. It's so cool. You're right. Like to, to see like all of a sudden you have a download in Timbuktu and you're like, what? Like who the hell found us like halfway across the world? It's crazy. I get so excited. And, and every once in a while, every like maybe once or twice a month, I'll give a shout out to like the top 10 countries or the top 10 in the top 10 cities. And just because I'm so amazed, I'm so amazed. And then, you know, certain places I know who it is listening, but then of course, like in Iran, I don't know who you are, but I, I am honored that you're listening or in Fiji or, you know, it's just like, wow, (laughs) how amazing that, you know, this, this goal, this mission is coming to life. And I'm so blessed and so grateful. I fall in love with podcasting, love your podcasts and and everything that you're doing with your mission and the insights that you share are so valuable. Well, thank you. We really appreciate that. And that's very high praise coming from you. And we love your podcast as well. Somebody from the outside looking in um, might look at some of the topics and think like, wow, this is really like woo woo. And so, (laughs) you know, I grew up very religious. um, And, you know, once you kind of leave that behind, you almost like you kind of, I believe, go through this phase of like, okay, anything that's in the spiritual realm is now not true because this religion, I don't believe to be true anymore. And so all of that goes out the window. And then you start to realize like, wait a second, there are aspects of spirituality that can be really strong without them having to be tied in religion. And so I don't, I don't discount any of that stuff. I can say for me personally, I can't actually relate to having the gifts myself that you possess of being such an empathetic soul and to be able to use some of these tools and really read, you know, how, how somebody is moving through life and lives maybe. Um, and so I just want to ask you, what would you say to somebody like me who's coming across some of these topics that, that, you know, is having an open mind, but is maybe learning about some of these things for the first time? Right. I would say, well, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting that that's your perception on the podcast. Uh, cause the, the, the mission is that everyone has a story to tell our guests and every story deserves to be told no matter what that is. And I have a hard time saying no. So if someone has asked to be a guest generally, like I, I can't say no, I believe that you're being, you're being brought to me by a higher realm that believes your story needs to be heard because you're going to impact lives. And so that's how that started. So there was no, I've never, there's a few people that I've gone and specifically had said, would you like to be on this show? Like, I'd love to have you. Most people have come to me and said, can I be on your show? And so that's sort of how that was born. And so we have this, I thought it was more of a balance. Maybe it's not Casey. I feel like I need to go back and review. I felt like we have more of this balance of these amazing inspirational stories along with, incredible healers, incredible spiritual people who come on with numerologists that come on that teach you about numerology and how important that is to, to find your life path and 
how advantageous that can be for you to understand the year that you're living, the month that you're living, or uh, psychic mediums that have been on to help people who have had relatives that have passed over and to help shed light on that they can connect and they can help you to feel better and foster and how they came to those abilities, which is always very interesting to me, um, how people have come to know their abilities, because some will tell you that we've all have an intuitive sense, right? We all have that gut feeling in our stomach and it's up to us how much we want to work with that or how comfortable we are bringing that to light. So I would say when you're coming into these podcasts, if you are popping on a random one and you're like, whoa, okay, I didn't see that coming. Like, I didn't know we were going to be talking about, you know, being intuitive and what it's like to be, you know, I don't, I rarely use the word psychic for me personally, it doesn't resonate. So I feel like being empathic, there's a lot of empathics that that do. And every person is empathic. Again, it's up to us to recognize that. And being an empath means that you're a sensitive soul. You're a sensitive human being. Again, most people are. And so I would say be open to it. If you click on a random podcast and it has that, that characteristic to it, really pay attention to the story, the journey of that guest and how they came into that knowledge and into that gift. And somehow there's probably a seed that will be planted or something that will come up and you will resonate in some form with that. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, totally. Because like you, I, I had a friend who said, yeah, I checked out a couple of your podcasts. He's like, that wasn't really in my wheelhouse, but that was interesting. And I say, just be open to everything. But generally, they're, everyone has the story and how their journey has unfolded could be very similar to where you're starting and you may not understand. Right. And so there's so much to that uh, with every guest that we have come on. Well, you know, whether they're... Mm-hmm. No, I was just going to say, you certainly do such a great job of telling those stories and capturing those stories. I mean, just this morning, I was listening to the recent episode you did with the medium. And I, again, I can't really relate to that, but I do appreciate that journey that she's on. And you did such a phenomenal, phenomenal job, like cr- capturing the story. So I really love that. Oh, thank you. Cause I'll be honest with you. The word woo woo. I don't like it. I don't resonate with woo woo (laughs) and it's really not, it's totally, it's the actual, the opposite of probably what I would try, what I'm trying to do with the podcast, which is really highlight someone's story. But if they happen to be like this, the last one, um, like Laura, she was, or she is an incredible psychic medium. How refreshing when, you know, you've just lost someone and you don't know, and maybe you don't even believe in this kind of stuff. But if she can tell you something about, you know, great grandma and a moment that you had with her, if that gives you peace and solace in that moment, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, she had the example of like dimes or using like, you know, daily things that you might not think of, but all of a sudden you start to find these things in your life. And, you know, maybe it's a synchronicity, maybe it's a coincidence, but if it, if it makes you feel better in a difficult situation, that's, that's incredible. Oh, totally. Or like further back when we first started the podcast, there were some guests that came on that had some pretty, let's just say heavy, heavy journeys that they've been through. And I was nervous. Truth be told, I was very nervous. I wasn't sure how they would be received because these were some topics that personally I was kind of uncomfortable with. I wasn't familiar with. This wasn't in my wheelhouse. And both, you know, both of them had written some books it, they they were so well received and they helped so many people. And that's when I realized 
you say no to no one. Because even though I may feel uncomfortable, there's someone else that that needed to hear about this human being that went through, you know, sex trafficking and how they came to the other side and how now they're this best-selling author and they have this incredible life or how they were, you know, sexually abused as a child and the journey that they went through. And how do you come out of that and be where you are today? To be able to resonate and know that they've been through X, Y, and Z and they've come to the other side. And maybe you pull one piece out of that. I'm someone who believes every person that I talk to, I learn something from. Mm. It could be something big. It could be something little. And again, that's the essence behind having every guest that we have. And there's no rhyme or reason when I release them. Because I thought about that. The more I think and I let my ego get involved with the podcast, that's when like I, I stop and I push back and I go, nope, this person came. This is what they said. Here's what we work with you know, and we put it out there to be able to help people, to inspire, to motivate, to know that wherever you are in this moment in life, you are going to get through it and you're not alone. And hopefully within one of the podcasts, we've given you some insights and we've given you tools to work with and or a contact that you can reach out to. I love that. Wow. What an amazing way to approach such a special medium and such a special way to get a message out there. And you're, you're, I I absolutely love that. You're doing such a great job of capturing those stories and really accomplishing your goal with that. So, I mean, kudos to you. It's something that I really enjoy. I'm I'm very much looking forward to catching up on the rest of the episodes that I missed. I listened to the first several five or six and last several five or six. And so I'm I'm looking forward to um, getting into some of the others. Speaking of your podcast, um, we are up to basically our second to last question. And I don't know if you've ever heard this one before. We're getting to the part of the interview where I ask this one question. Are you ready? Hmm, Casey, I think so. Have you have you heard this one before? I, I might have heard this before. <laughs> For the listener, this is Jennifer's signature, signature question after um, she interviews the people. And then the question she's asking isn't the are you ready questions, one right after that. And the question is, what is the one thing that the world does not know about Jennifer Pilates? Oh my gosh, that's so close. I have to tell you, Casey, I had a guest spin my question on me recently and no one had done that. Was it Sean? It was not. Oh, it was and somebody else. I it heard was it. someone else. And I was, oh, it, I, it was Neo. It was Neo positivity. Yeah, Neo, Neo. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. I was blown away. I mean, there, there was like this huge gap of editing, I have to say. Like there was such quiet. I was like, oh my God, Neo. Like you really, because when I am host, I am host. And when I'm guest, I am guest. So I'm not mentally in that, like ready to answer a question necessarily. (laughs) Totally. Okay. So going back to you, sorry, now I'm, now I'm like deflecting. So (laughs) what is one thing in the world that no one knows about Jennifer Pilates? I would say a lot of people don't know that I truly am an introvert, that I am all heart and all soul and that I really give it all. And I always do even and to a detriment at times. And I'm working on that. I'm really working on that boundary, but I, yeah, I'm really actually an introvert. I enjoy being home. I enjoy my fur babies. I love walking around my lake or walking around the ocean. And I very much value those peaceful moments in life. Mm. I very much value family and the small moments. That's what I, I appreciate most. Wow. 
No, I absolutely love that answer. I think with all of us working, you know, with people, touching people in some cases, um, working with energy work, it is something that you really have to be conscious of your energy um, because it can be quite heavy and you're getting heavily involved with these people's lives. And if you're not protecting your morning walks and your meditation practices and, you know, looking around at the lakes and the birds and, and the trees and all that other stuff and really, you know, being protective of your own energy, it can be very, very easy to get overwhelmed and overburdened. So... I absolutely love that answer. That's a great answer. Thank you. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing that with us. Thank you. Well, thank you for asking. Yes, it's it's a sweet treat to be a guest. <laughs> well, you certainly have been an amazing guest and this has been an amazing conversation. Where would you like people to go to connect with you and your work and, and find you? Okay, so the easiest place to go to is jenniferpilates.com. I am there. You can find me on Instagram at the Jennifer Pilates and on Facebook, Jennifer Pilates on Telegram, the Jennifer Pilates. But to keep it easy, just head over to jenniferpilates.com. You can find out everything about virtual Pilates, the podcast, intuitive readings and coaching and reach out to me, send me a message and I'd love to continue a conversation with you. That is incredible. We will link to all of that in the show notes. Jennifer Pilates, like I said, amazing conversation. We so much appreciate you and your work and your willingness to put this great energy out in the world. It's certainly something that is more needed and we just really appreciate your work and for being willing to share that with the world in a way that's really genuine and authentic. The way you do your podcast to tell people's stories is just, it's, it's so easy to connect to and we really, really appreciate it. So thank you so very much for everything you do. And thank you so much for being on our show today. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much, Casey. It has been truly an honor to be on your show and to meet you today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It was a total honor. And this has been another episode of Boundless Body Radio. As always, thank you so very much for listening to Boundless Body Radio. It's really inspiring and amazing to see some of the reviews that we have been getting and also to receive so many messages and emails about how these episodes have improved our listeners' lives. And so thank you so very much. We are so happy to bring these episodes to you and provide them for free. And we really hope that they help you in your life. Uh, we have just passed two major milestones, which is absolutely mind-blowing to me. And basically, we did both of these in pretty much the exact same day. We have just passed 100,000 downloads worldwide of Boundless Body Radio, and we have just launched our 250th episode, which is absolutely amazing. Like I said, I never imagined we could reach that many people. We always want to keep you updated on things that we're doing on our website. So if you go to myboundlessbody.com, you can always see what we're up to. This month, we have a link that you can go and schedule a functional movement screen, which we do virtually over Zoom. A functional movement screen is a series of seven different movements and three different clearing tests, which is designed to find weak links in the body, such as muscle imbalances and joint stability issues. It's a really great tool for discovering inefficient movement. And even if you're not experiencing pain in certain areas of your body. It's something that can prevent injury later on. Some muscles need to be stretched, some need to be strengthened, and we can help you create a plan around that so that you can stay healthy and continue to move well for the rest of your life. 
So again, you can go and schedule that at myboundlessbody.com. You will also see the other services that we offer. You can always schedule a complimentary 30 minute consultation with us to really chat about anything that you like. And remember, if you are enjoying Boundless Body Radio, please take a minute, give us a rating or review on Apple. It really helps get this passion project out to other people. And thank you again for tuning into Boundless Body Radio.